Hello, everybody. We're in chapter 11 in the Wisdom of Solomon. And once again, I'm reminding everyone that wisdom and understanding is always in the female. Sometimes it's described as a sister, a wife or mother, always in the female. A loving relationship with wisdom and understanding. And that's the way the Proverbs and other things in the Bible are, are written in the female. When it comes to this wisdom and understanding that comes from God Almighty. So that's what we have here as it's going to move on. We're discussing that beautiful gift gift from the Holy Ghost. She prospered their works in the hand of the Holy Prophet. And this is the saints. They went through the wilderness that was not inhabited and pitched uh, tents in places where there lay no way uh, and they're sending us to the book of Exodus there. Uh, the uh, translators are. Three, they stood against their enemies and were avenged of their ad adversaries, period. And then in four, when they were thirsty, they called upon thee. And water was given them out of the flinty rock and their thirst was quenched out of the hard stone. And we all, this is all in Exodus there. For by what things their enemies were punished by the same, they in their need were benefited. Okay, we got to remember that. As that is went over and over, the same thing in the hand of a saint that knows the Lord is a benefit, is a blessing. And that same uh, incident, substance, uh, is a curse to the ungodly. They, they uh, In their ungodliness, they are cursed with the same things. It says, for by what things their enemies were punished, by the same they in their need were benefited, see? And that's because of the uh, flood, when the Red Sea came together and flooded the uh, soldiers of Pharaoh by water, they were blessed here at the Flinty Rock. Okay, so that we have that. In Sexus is for instead of a fountain of a perpetual running river troubled with foul blood, and that's what happened to them, the bloody river there in Egypt, for a manifest, manifest reproof of that commandment. Okay, now here's, get this now. This is what these people do in the mystery religions of the earth. For by a manifest reproof of that commandment, whereby the infants were slain, 
Thou gavest unto them an abundance of water by means which they hoped not for. Okay, so they were told to, uh, when the midwives wouldn't handle it and would not uh, slay the men, children, the babies, uh, Pharaoh's edict was to throw them all in the river. Okay. All right, so on we go. It says, Thou gavest them a abundance of water by a means which they hope not for. Yep, that's the collapsing of the Red Sea. Eight, it says, Declaring by that thirst, then how thou hadst punished their ad adversaries. And that's Exodus 7.20, according to these translators here. Nine, it says, And when they were tried, albeit, but in mercy chastised, chastised, they knew how the ungodly were judged in wrath and tormented, thirsting in another manner, than the just, okay? So when all the uh, fountains and rivers and everything turned to this foul blood, they didn't have anything to drink there in Egypt. For these thou didst admonish and try as a father, but the other as a se severe king thou didst condemn and punish, okay? So there's the trial of the saints. Well, it can get hard at times. We stay true blue. We gather more of the Holy Ghost. If we come out like gold tried in the fire. And 11, whether they were absent or present, they were vexed alike. For a double grief came upon them and a groaning for the remembrance of things past. Okay, this is going to get heavy duty here, folks. These are this is the way God judges people, and notice the dub, the double grief because again they are double. They believe in double think, double speak, double hearted, double tongued. They believed in the double headed eagle, the double headed. Leviathan, they, they, they are double. They are the yin and the yang. They are the mingled salvation, the mingled forces. All that has to do with the occult. It just does. Okay, so they're getting the double grief here. 13, it says, for, for when they heard by their own punishments the other to be benefited, they had some feeling of the Lord. Okay, so he used the same thing to bless his saints that he did to curse the ungodly, the people in this case of the Egyptian mystery religion. 14 is for when they rejected with scorn when he was long before thrown out at the casting forth of the infants, him in the end, when they saw what came to pass, they admired. And that is certainly true. We have that not only in our uh, 
Exodus, Old Testament. We also have it in the book of Jaser described about how they ended up admiring Moses. 15, but for the foolish devices of their wickedness wherewith being deceived they worshipped serpents void of reason and vile beasts. Thou didst send a multitude of unreasonable beasts upon them for vengeance. So what are we saying here? Uh, the Lord, when he goes to punish, when he goes to revenge, when he's had enough, he has a plethora of different creatures to use on the people that just refuse God. Um, and they worship these things. Uh, we have Bell and the Dragon. It's a good description of the mindset of the people worshiping Bell. And they had this ugly dragon down in a pit. Yes, they did. And uh, the serpent, that's... Anytime you look around today and you see the potentates or anyone else with their tongue sign, that old tongue will just come out. And that's in uh, reverence to their dust-licking God. That's a fact. Go ahead. Watch... Uh, Jack Nicholson one time and watch that old tongue come, come out. Look at look at the director Ford, the old western director. Watch him one time. That old tongue for no reason at all just come out. Yeah. Uh, movie actors, uh, presidents, potentates, watch out for the tongue because they worship the serpent. Yes, they do. And God uses it to condemn them. 16. That they might know wherewithal a man sinned, by the same also shall he be punished. That's a big statement there. That they might know wherewithal a man sinneth, by the same also shall he be punished. So you live by the sword? What happens? You die by the sword. You uh, throw people to the lions, a lion attacks you. Okay. Anyway, in 17, for thy almighty hand that made the world of matter without form wanted not means to send among them a multitude of bears, capital B, or fierce lions, 18, or unknown wild beasts full of Rage, newly created, breathing out either a fiery vapor or filthy scents of scattered smoke or shooting horrible sparks out of their eyes. Uh, you see, uh, you say, well, that's just crazy. This, this apocrypha writing, this, oh, this is just out there. Listen to me. You don't remember the flying uh, f serpents that Israel was punished with, right? You don't. You never been to Job there to see the uh, Leviathan? He's described his creation, 
that harmonizes with all the uh, other histories in Enoch. Okay, and uh, in Jaser. Hey, truth is stranger than fiction ever was. So these horrible sparks out of their eyes in 18, 19, whereof not only the harm might dispatch them at once, but also the terrible sight utterly destroy them. So they are what? That's called being scared to death. How about that? In 20, it says, Yea, and without these might they have fallen down with one blast, being persecuted of vengeance, and scattered abroad through the breath of thy power. But thou hast ordered all things in measure and number and weight. Period. That's another mouthful. You know, all our days are numbered. He knows exactly. Father God knows exactly when the end of time will be. He's measured out every day. And I keep talking about the numerology that's used, the good numbers and the bad numbers. And the weight, you're weighed in the balance. And if you're like Belshazzar, you're found wanting, okay? And when he comes back for judgment, he knows every soul that's going to be saved. You were written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the world began. And the balance of judgment will be upon the earth. The plumb line will be there. 21, it says, For thou canst shew thy great strength at all times when thou wilt, and who may withstand the power of thine arm? Question mark. 22, for the whole world before thee is as a little grain of the balance. Ah, there's your weight. Yea, as a drop of the morning dew that falleth down upon the earth. And what that means is you're serving a great God. 23, it says, but thou hast mercy upon all, for thou canst do all things and makest and winkest at the sins of men because they should amend. And what that is, we have a time to repent here. And for the people that are written in, they will repent. And the Lord knows that. So he's giving them time. He's letting the sin go. And it surely is going today. All right. Not to get carried away with that. It's going crazy today with all their lies and their treachery. He's going to have enough someday. 24 says, For thou lovest all the things that are, and abhorrest nothing which thou hast made. For never wouldest thou have made anything if thou hadst hated it. And I go back to the fallen angels that came down to Mount Hermon and all the muckety-mucks that follow those fallen angels. 25, and how could anything have endured if it had not been thy will, question mark, or been preserved if not called by thee? 
Question mark. Okay. See, God didn't ask for those uh, angels to leave their first estate. Right? There in the book of Jude, we quote Enoch, the seventh from Adam. Do we not? Talking about the angels and what they did and what they brought down here and the stupid people followed them. Didn't they? In the last verse of the chapter, it says, But thou sparest all, for they are thine, O Lord, thou lover of souls. So he loves that spirit that's in you and in me here. Okay. All right, now we go for the destruction of Canaan in 12. And why he didn't do it all at once? If he wanted to, he could have. Uh, and by sparing some, he taught people. And they were punished with their gods, little g-gods. It says, for thine uncorruptible spirit is in all things. And that's true. We've been over that. We said that it's the, his spirit's all through the world. And the newly created world, at the end of time, even the animals themselves are going to have a different attitude out here as God recreates the earth, and his spirit is guiding everything. The plant grows, the child grows in the womb, uh, the uh, birds fly, they weren't taught to do that, God put it in them to do that. Two, it says, therefore, chastenest thou them by little, and little that offend, and warn, warn, warnest them by putting them in remembrance wherein they have offended that learning their wickedness they may be leave on thee O Lord so okay in 2 in chapter 12 therefore chastenest thou them by little and little that offend, comma, and, and warnest them by putting them in remembrance, wherein they have offended, comma, that leaving their wickedness, they may believe on thee, O Lord. Thank you, period. And we move on in three, for it was thy will, for it was thy will to destroy by the hands of our fathers, both those old inhabitants of the Holy Land, and that's the ancient pre-flood, uh, ungodly angel bread, Nephilim and Rephium, and then after the flood. Okay, for it says, Whom thou hatest for doing most odious works of witchcrafts and wicked sacrifices. Okay, and we, we've been over that. The old throwing the baby in the fire, Molech worship. It's the uh, same as sorcery, witchcraft and sorcery. Five, and also those merciless murders of children and devourers of man's flesh and the feasts of blood. So that's Nephilim, Rephium, and then the stupid people following their idols. 
and worshiping these demon and fallen angel. Six, it says, with their priests, capital P, out of the midst of their idolatrous crew and the parents that killed with their own hands souls destitute of help. Did you hear that? That's their religion. There's your new age. In seven it goes on that the land which thou esteemest above all other might receive a worthy colony of God's children. And that's why Adam was put there. That's why Abraham uh, was chosen. That's why we came through the fathers, Isaac, Jacob. This was their destiny to be a worthy colony of God's children. Eight, it says, nevertheless, even those thou sparest as men and did send wasps, forerunners of thine host, to destroy them by little and little. Okay, and if you go to Exodus or Deuteronomy, you see that he did that so that they all wouldn't leave all at once and uh, the animals take over and make it hard on the Israelites. Nine, it says, Not that thou wast unable to bring the ungodly under the hand of the righteous in battle, or to destroy them at once with cruel beasts, or with one rough word, but executing thy judgments upon them by little and little, thou gavest them place of repentance not being ignorant that they were a naughty generation and that their malice was bred in them and that their cog cogitation. cogitation it's cognitations okay it's cognitation would never be changed okay that's a big one, because this is what I'm saying about the fallen angels breeding with people. It was bred into them, and so the genetics got messed up. That's a fact, and that's why when he'd go in a place, the animals were even messed up, so that's why they said, kill it all. Kill everything here, men, women, children. Kill even the animals that you could use for food, all that was cursed because of tampering with the genetics, okay? And we're in that kind of trouble today with the same type of trouble with the Nephilim and Rephium. And that's why we call it in here in 11, for it was a cursed uh, seed from the beginning. Neither didst thou, for fear of any man, give them pardon for those things wherein they sinned. Twelve. For who shall say, what hast thou done? To, to the Lord there, question mark, and they're 
harmonizing all this with Genesis 9.25 and this here part with Romans 9.20. What hast thou done, God? <laughs> right? Or who shall withstand thy judgment? Or who shall accuse thee for the nations that perish whom thou hast made? Question mark. Or who shall come to stand against thee to be revenged for the unrighteous men? Question mark. For neither is there any God but thou that carest for all to whom thou mightest shew that thy judgment is not uh, upright. Yeah, it... Uh, for neither is there any God but thou that cared for all to whom thou mightest shew that thy judgment is not unright. So there's no, none of these fallen angel so-called little G gods that are going to do any correcting at all. What they'll do is fall on their face. Neither shall king or tyrant be able to set his face against thee for any whom thou hast punished 15 it says for so much then as thou art righteous thyself thou or orderest all things righteously thinking it not a agreeable with thy power to condemn him that hath not deserved to be punished okay and they're uh, harmonizing this with Job 10.2. But remember this. For every soul that goes to hell, every angel, every nephilim, every demon, every refium, every sinful person, man, woman, and child, doesn't matter. They deserve every stitch of what they're getting here in 12.15 in the Wisdom of Solomon. 16, for thy power is the beginning of righteousness, and because thou art the Lord of all, it maketh thee to be gracious unto all. For when men will not believe that thou art of a full power, thou shewest thy strength, and among them that know it, Thou makest their boldness manifest. Do we understand that? Does that need explanation? She says no here at the table. Okay, on we go. In 18, but thou, mastering thy power, judgest with equity and orderest us with great favor, for thou mayest use power when thou wilt. 19. But by such works as thou taught thy people, that the just man should be merciful, and hast made thy children to be of a good hope, that thou givest repentance for sins. Do we all have good hope out here today? Because Jesus Christ is at the door. <laughs> we got victory coming. 20, it says, For if thou didst punish the enemies of thy children and the, and the condemned to death with such deliberation, giving them time and place, 
whereby they might be delivered from their malice. With how great circumspection didst thou judge thine own sons, unto whose fathers thou hast sworn and made covenants of good promises? Question mark. Therefore, whereas thou dost chasten us, thou scourgest our enemies a thousand times more to the intent that when we judge, we should carefully think of thy goodness, and when we ourselves are judged, we should look for mercy. And that harmonizes right there with what Christ taught there. Uh, to forgive others, and of course the Father is going to forgive us. 23, it says, Wherefore, whereas men have lived dissolutely and unrighteously, thou hast tormented them with their own abominations. That's right. You love your fallen angel out there? Well, you're going to get the fallen angel correction, and it's going to be rough. So the thing that you love so much, you love the ungodly sex, that'll be your downfall. You'll be judged with that ungodly sex. You live by the sword, that's what you believe in. You'll die by the sword, okay? Anyway, just balances here. 24 it says for they for they went astray very far in the ways of error that's your occult doctrine and held them for gods little g gods plural and this is parentheses it says which even amongst the beasts of their enemies were despised parentheses in being deceived as children of no understanding so these are some vile creatures that they're worshiping, including that ungodly beast in the last days during the seven-year week of years, the tribulation. 25, wherefore, I mean, therefore unto them, as to children without the use of reason, thou didst send a judgment to mock them. Okay, and that's been done over and over, even with Sodom and Gomorrah and the Great Flood, and it's going to happen again in our time with fire. 26, it says, But they that would not be reformed by that correction, wherein he dallied, dallied with them, shall feel a judgment worthy of God. 27, last verse of the podcast. For look, for what things they grudged when they were punished. That is, for them whom they thought to be gods, now being punished in them, when they saw it, they acknowledged him to be the true God. That's our God, 
whom before they denied to know, and therefore came extreme damnation upon them, okay? So there we are with the judgment. And he's going to go into some of these judgments and uh, how this is all righteous. I mean, the apostles had the doctrine gone around the world before 100 A.D. It was in every language here. Okay? And uh, the fact is, there's just no excuse. There's an angel going to go around the firmament of the earth, and he's going to say one last time to the, the inhabitants of the earth to uh, correct, be corrected. All right, that's right in the prophecies, right before the Battle of Armageddon. We have a just God, and he is going to do just judgments, and people are going to get they're just desserts, folks, and that's the way it is.